Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Tongue in Cheek podcast, where we talk about all things smut and nothing is off the table. Join us as we go on an often irreverent, always hysterical, and sometimes surprisingly revealing adventure through the wilds of this underrated book genre. If you like smut, you'll love us. Hello. Good morning. Oh, good night. What the fuck? What time is this? <laughs> That's why I said hello. I'm like, it's What's not up? morning I'm anymore. Drinking, I'm, I'm drinking a hot beverage, pretending like it's fall, even though it's like, you know, hot as fuck outside. I'll just sweat and drink I'm drinking sweet tea I have vodka. been reading a lot of vampire smut, so I'm kind of on that, like, night is day, day is night kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. So it feels like morning, but it's, yeah, it is not. Evening. Yes, good evening. Good evening. Oh, we could drop our voices <laughs> down a little our bit registers. lower. Mine is not mm-hmm. very good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, today on the podcast, we are going to be talking about what happens when you have a book planned to read and then you end up DNFing it because that is what happened for our scheduled episode today. But we feel that it's a great way to talk about not finishing a book, <laughs> to be clear. <laughs> to be Perfectly clear. We can talk about the other not finishing on another episode because someone did respond thinking I was asking that question on social media. Uh, of course they and did. I was like, I'll just tuck that away for another time. So speaking of social media, can I just say I listened to the uh, Barbie TikTok mm-hmm. and I thought it was so great. Like I it cried. Was. I, I know, thought it was, it was really so good. great. I listened to it like four times. It was, it was good. so good. I have it was such saved. a good idea. I so to it will tie in a little bit to this episode about that because it helps keep me grounded when negativity comes across. And I'm like, oh, but wait, that's just people who are speaking the loudest and just wanting to embrace the patriarchy. Yes. It's not even no. Yes. It's not that. It's yes. It it's, is. It's part I of the patriarchy. One hundred percent. People just want to be heard and seen and be the loudest. And now we have platforms that everyone thinks that they just which, you know. Yeah, which is part louder. of the patriarchy for sure. If anyone <laughs> hasn't listened to it, if anyone's not following us on TikTok, you should be because and Lizzie Instagram. had this it's idea on Instagram for, too, and on Instagram. Lizzie had this idea for us to each say a piece of the Barbie monologue, you know, like Amber, not Amber, America Ferreira's speech in Barbie. And so it was a whole bunch of people, right, that have been on the podcast, yeah, haven't been on the podcast, parts. friends. Right. And so each of us had like a couple of lines to say. And it was just so moving hearing like real people say the monologue. Yeah. It really was. Like I was surprised by like the tears springing to my eyes. I mean, I cry at everything I do, but like, it was very moving. It really was. <laughs> it was. It We've really talked was. about commercials and how you cry yeah. at commercials, but it was. And so appreciative to everyone that I had reached out to and asked to be a part of that because it does, it's moving to hear it in the film. But to me, it was a hundred percent more moving to hear real women. Mm-hmm like average everyday women say it and believe it and and talk about it and I think most everyone who sent me their clips were like oh, I choked up or I cried or you know and then just to hear it all pieced together 
Yeah. I think it's also like one of the things that made me think of was like how expansive it is as a woman to love other women, mm-hmm. you know? Like I think we have, no matter like what type of women we are, I think we have so much capacity to love other women and to wish the best for them, mm-hmm. you know? So like, even though I didn't know a lot of the other women who are on there, like you are the tie that binds, you know, for me in that sense. So like, it was so easy to like feel that kind of like communal thing expand, you know, mm-hmm. like I think that's like a, a unique thing to being a woman. Like I really do this idea that everybody's child is everybody's child. Yes. You know, like, you know, the and matriarchy. Yes. We can, Yes. And that, you know, this is not like necessarily a mountain or a leveled playing field. This is like a circle. circle. Exactly. Yeah. This is like something where we can all find a place. Like everyone has that feeling listening to it. Yeah. You know, like I was so happy for like the connection that bound all of us together, not just Mm -hmm. like globally, like this vague idea of like the struggle all of us go through, but that like, that you were friends with these people and that I was friends with you, you know, like that kind of like we could all live in a house together and like take care of each other thing. Yes. Isn't it amazing? Absolutely. That's unique to women. It is. I would agree. Because it isn't competitive. Like that's the whole thing Mm -hmm. is there's not this level. There's not the competitiveness. It is like you said, it's a circle and we belong to one another. Yeah. Yeah. It's very cool. If only the world were running a matriarchy. (laughs) We're on our way. (laughs) Tongue-in-cheek empire. Apparently, a lot of people would like us to start a hot priest Sunday diocese. So I'm just going to put that out there. I would go to church. (laughs) I mean, take me to church and we're going to have Hosier be there for Sunday. He's leading the worship. (laughs) Oh, man. Yep. Yeah. Listen, if he's willing to play up here at Talk Talk, I think he would be willing to head up worship for our tongue-in-cheek <laughs> diocese. No questions asked. I need you to slide into his DMs, Lizzie. I need you to, like, make this happen. For multiple reasons. For multiple Say reasons. Say <laughs> less. Okay. That, I'm trying to manifest a lot of other people that I'm like, right. why not? Right. Yeah, we'll just manifest them all So together. all y'all listening to this podcast, like... Focus for a moment here mm-hmm. <laughs> with your energy. If you really want this to become something, <laughs> let's all unite in this circle of manifestation. <laughs> Speaking of, let's get to our hope formation. Yes. Maybe it will shed some light on how we slide into those DMs and it actually gets seen by who we need it to be seen by. <laughs> but yeah, we had, I mean, we had people on there from Canada. We had people on there from Denmark, and that was just the voices. Several other people, you know, I had asked if I could just share them as part of being in the book community. And so it's authors and illustrators and book reviewers and then just people that love to read. So it's what the community is and needs to remain. I, as I'm shuffling these real quick, I had sent my sister she's not with us today, a TikTok. And she called me and she was like, I fucking hate you. I can't believe you just sent me this. But it was this woman talking about the man asked, like, what are some red flags if you're going into a new relationship? And she said, the number one red flag is cooperation, 
over competition. And I thought about that applying to like this community and and those who want to cooperate and work together and build each other up and support one another versus those who are feeling in competition and threatened and, you know, at the end of the day, afraid. So, all right. Who's calling out? Let's do Tanya this time. <sighs> yeah, Jones. Are you ready? Yep. Go. <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> Channel your big dick energy. People are naturally drawn to you. You exude confidence. Okay. Well, let's just slide into those DMs. Perfect. I like it. These confirmations are coming in hot this yeah. season. This season. Yeah. Just hope they keep it up. Big dick energy. We know. We know. Okay. Quickly. What were you guys reading this week? Can we turn this into reading watching? Because you know I don't read. I mean, I read like one thing for like five months. Okay. Yes. Great. Okay, great. Thank you. So what have you been reading and or watching this week, Amy? Okay, I'm still reading the same thing. (laughs) Love it. I'm awaiting your review. Yes. And actually, I'm further into it now, by the way. And I still don't know. (laughs) Like, There's not that much smut in it. So anyway. Okay. It's this far. Anyway. And what am I watching? I have been watching, oh, Lydia Poet. Have y'all watched that on Oh, Netflix? I have watched like three Mm-mm. episodes. I just finished it. So good. Really liked yes. it. Yes. It yeah. opens really, really well. Let me it just tell you guys. It does open well. Yeah. I know. I was like, okay, I'm intrigued. So it opens with not. like oral sex. So yeah, it's good. Yeah. it's And it's like a period drama. It so. is a period drama. It's French. So you're reading subtitles. But is it's it Italian? Or maybe it's, it's Italian. Italian. Yeah, Italian, French. It's a romance language, okay? <laughs> listen. When I listen. I okay, prefer when I... it that way. I don't need what? to necessarily know what you're saying. Let your lips do other things. All right, Tanya, what have you read this week? Oh, I read The Reluctant Countess by Eloise James, which is a historical romance. It was okay. It was interesting, though, because it had, like, intimacy very early on. And like a condom and all of this stuff. Like, it was interesting. It was different. You know, it's called a French like that, condom. Okay. What, was, the, what was that one that we read that was interesting with the dildos that were like marble? Yeah. Um, I liked I that one. I can see the cover of it. I liked that one a lot. Because it was like Prince Charming. <laughs> yeah. 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 And it was kind of funny. I can see it. I just can't yeah, remember it. Can't yeah, remember. it was funny. It was, it was okay. I mean, I wasn't, it was fine. I got a solid three. Was it a three? It okay. was a three. That's but it was, okay. it was perfectly fine. Like, totally enjoyable waste of time kind of thing. <laughs> enjoyable you were waste entertained. Of time. An enjoyable yeah, the, waste of time. I like that. <laughs> I'm reading the third Hunger Games one, which right now I'm finding incredibly boring. But that's just me. Hopefully something no, exciting I understand. happens. Yeah. yeah. By the third book, it kind of... I don't think it does. I'm like, uh, I hate to tell you, I don't think it gets it better. <laughs> okay. I'm like in the middle. I'm just like, when are we going to get out of this bunker? Yeah, I feel like they just... It should have ended. It should have ended. Yeah, let's just keep the one book. Just keep the one book. I agree. Thank you, Amy. The first book was great. The second book, it was like, eh. Third book, I was like, wah, wah. (laughs) Okay, that's definitely where I am. I'm definitely like, is anything going to happen ever? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So perhaps it's a good book to not finish. Yes. Perhaps. So I read a book... This week. And the reason I can't remember the name. Is because it's, it's the same keywords that you always read? No. It's like 
I I saw it in like several recommendations on social media. Like, if you like this book, you'll like this book. And I'm like, okay. Like, I've seen it enough. I'll try it. Love love the clink of the vodka. (laughs) (laughs) Clink. Tanya is having a party without us, and it's very rude. Like, finished. She finished, and she's going to finish again later. So Mm. There's one sip left. We'll save it. She's saving it. She's got to stretch one that sip, out. That did not look like a sip was left. There is. Let me see. That is Ooh, not that's a, a drop. Sip. That's, that's a, drop. a drop. You really are okay, drunk. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. Thank you, Amy, though, for backing me up. I'm like, does everyone else think that that's a sip? And I'm like, that's no. a drop. Like, And I don't even drink that much, but that was a drop. <sighs> Anyways, so the reason this book, again... And it will lead us beautifully into what we're talking about today. But the male member is referred to as a fat dick the whole time. And I just... So terrible. I'm like, like his fat dick, his fat dick, his fat head. And I'm just like, stop. Just don't say (laughs) anything. That doesn't give me any sort of like nice pictures in my head at all. No. Yeah. No. And so it's like I said, vampires and kingdoms, but it was like the vernacular was modern day. And I just, <laughs> I should have DNF'd it, but I was like, well, and then just like, no, I'm not going to read the second book. So, <laughs> yeah. But I so you finish. finished the whole read, though. I finished it. It's not super long. And I think that that was part of it. I kept waiting for something like to happen. more to happen. Great. And then it just didn't. Never did. Yeah. No. So can we explain how this book came to be? Like, like how? Okay. So for today's episode? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. So back in the spring, we did a pick me book and there were a bunch of recommendations and I put them in a hat and I picked out one of the suggestions and then we switched up some of our scheduling things and whatever. So it like finally came back around. I was like, okay, I go on Goodreads and I'm looking at all the reviews. It had a lot of positive reviews, like (laughs) on average 4.5, the averages for, you know, like there were very few that weren't four to five and everyone's like, it was so funny. It was so funny. And I'm like, Oh, okay. Like, Great. I mean, it's 185 pages. It's a quickie. Great. <laughs> you should see Lizzie's face. And then and I think then. Amy started it first. I did. I did. And then my sister is like, so, hey, <laughs> I started the book. <laughs> and first of all, she's like, I thought I was already like 80% of the way through and there was, like, no plot development. <laughs> and then she realized it was just the sample. She's like, oh, fuck. Okay. okay. So then she was like, I guess I'll download it. And I'm like, well, let me start. Let me start it before you do that and maybe save you, you know, the $3 or whatever. And then I started it. And I was like, okay, give it three <laughs> chapters. And I think that's what Amy gave it. And it was yeah. like, I can't. I can't. I just, I was it the quality of the writing or was it the 
the the modern vernacular in this like very it was very confusing because of the vernacular because Mm -hmm. i was like oh there was a map at the beginning so at first i was excited because i was like this is a short book and it has a map cool right yeah because you know maps excite me and i'm like okay amy's love language and i'm like cool now mine too man yeah i'm here with you yeah and then the map is promising. So the map was promising, exactly. And I'm thinking, okay. <laughs> but then I, everything about it just was like, at first, the names was, of the characters. The names of the characters are not great. And like, if they had just had one, it would have been okay. Like, okay, I can find right. that humorous. But it just, I just felt like it was like somebody telling a bad joke and just it kept going on and on. And it's like, okay, I I get it. I get it. So can we please move on to the next thing? The word sus was used a lot. Yeah. It was very, very modern vernacular and it was supposed to be like a fantasy world. So I was, you know, that part kind of confused me. So it's like reading like a, like a smut YA written by your 13 year old. Like probably, I don't know. But yeah, it just was very confusing. Give them the benefit of the doubt. An 18-year-old. Okay, that's better. That's better. I did not read it because as anybody knows listening to this podcast, I read everything that is due for the podcast the night before the podcast. So while brushing your teeth. So I was forewarned by Amy and Lizzie not to read this. Yeah. 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 Amy and I were on the phone. And sweet Amy was listening to me have all the opinions. And I was was like, like, Amy, we should just DNF it, right? She's like, yes. I was like, thank God. I was going to be so upset if she was like, I love this book. Because I was like, I'm having the hardest time, like, getting through this. Because I didn't know know at the time either that this was the pick-me book either. And so I was really like, oh, shit. If, like, Lizzie picked this out and she really liked it, I don't want to shit all over the book. No. No. (laughs) I have to talk myself through this episode. I I mean, yeah. I would have had to finish it just for Lizzie. But I just, like, I'm going to say I feel very betrayed by these reviewers. Like, because it was a significant amount of reviews. Can I chime in here? Yes. I definitely have had an issue with book talk in general Mm. because I feel like as somebody who has read like smut for a long time now, you know, like you are, you have the PhD here. Yes. Yeah. Like it's as though so much of book talk entered the smut world for the first time in the last like two years. And I'm sorry, but like dragons do not a book make like, like all of this stuff, like vampires do not a book make like werewolves do not a book make like you can't just take a fantasy element and like latch onto that fantasy element and say like, I love this fantasy element so much that I will forgive almost anything about this book because that is what I'm here for. And I feel that so much with book talk that like, it's irritating to me because I cannot rely on people's reviews on book talk mm-hmm. at all. Like, I feel like I really do cull who I follow on book talk because of this. Right. Because I feel like some people haven't, and it's not that they haven't read. I'm not trying to say that they're dumb people who don't read books. I'm saying that they haven't read smut full stop. Like that they haven't read like the full breadth of like erotica and like smut out there because like, you know, what is it? What are they calling it now? Romanticy, or that romance mm-hmm. fantasy 
genre. Like that's a whole different genre and it really is coming into its own now. I think this is the, the era of romanticy for sure. But that being said, like it doesn't excuse poor writing. It doesn't excuse lack of like plot development. Agree. It doesn't excuse like lack of any kind of character arc, you know? And I think that if you haven't read enough books in the fantasy genre, certain fantasy elements can be so exciting to you that like you excuse too much and you give it a four or five star rating because you're like dragons, you know, or like you haven't read any smut and then you read like your first smut book that's horribly written with horrible plot development, character arcs and stuff. And you think this is just like it's fun you know this is like a book that gave me so much like enjoyment and like one-handed reading pleasure or whatever i don't judge that at all i think that's great but at a certain point like you need to hold authors and books accountable because there are so many books written right like i don't think we should call every single book written about vampires like a great book because it was about vampires and i don't think we should like call every book written about a girl who like magically crosses the veil into some sort of fake kingdom like a great book because like literally every book about a fake kingdom is about that all of them you know i would just like to point out that i think this is the first time in tongue-in-cheek history that tanya has raised her voice on the air (laughs) and i love the passion and fire that's coming out of this woman just i'm gonna start sending you vodka right tequila and vodka but seriously Like, I think that everyone has to take a chill pill. Every single smut book you've read or seen on Book Talk is not the best book you've ever read. And the way people talk about these books, it's like, look at this glossy, glitzy snake curling around this, like, thorn-encrusted crown. Fine. Like, that does not make it the best book you've ever read. Right. Just because it's a pretty cover doesn't mean it's a great book. Yeah. It doesn't. And just because it has hot, like, scenes, like, you can 1,000% have a book that has a five chili rating that should be a two in overall book rating. Like, I think there are people out there who are writing great smut scenes. Agree. Who cannot carry a plot or character development. Yeah. And, like, hopefully they get there and one day they probably will. But, like, maybe in their first three, four, five books, they don't, you know? And I think that's okay to say. And I think Book Talk should start saying that. Like, I think they should say, this isn't the best book I've ever read. The smut scenes were fire. Like, you know? And that's an honest review. I enjoyed myself. Yes. Like, it's a, yeah, yeah, it was great for the smut. I mean, and that's the thing is, like, you can can give reviews without being hateful, too. Like, exactly. Like you said. And please do not tag the authors. Yeah, exactly. Like, you can say, like, I thought, like, it was a very spicy book. I look forward to seeing if she writes a better, you know, storyline in her next book or whatever. Because writing is a craft, right? It is, right. I don't expect. Right. And if you haven't been doing it for a long time, I think it's just like sports, right? There are some people who are naturally very talented at it and like out of the gate mm-hmm. do pretty well, but then get better. Because one I could think of, which at, Tanya, I don't know if you agree or not, but I absolutely think, have you read the Sarah J. Moss series, the Throne of Glass series, her first one? I read the first one. Okay. So like that one she wrote when she was a teenager and you can tell, like yeah, you can tell she was a teenager. 
Was it still, it ended up being a great series? Yes, but it wasn't the greatest book she's ever written, you know, greatest series even right. she's ever written. And it's her it sounds craft. sounds like a younger voice. It does, but her craft yeah. has gotten better. Like by Crescent City, I'm like, you know, I'm, I love everything that she's written. And again, but like I said, it doesn't mean that Sarah J. Mass hasn't gotten better. And obviously mm-hmm. she's a very popular, you know, read amongst the book talk community. And we are not saying that her books aren't great because we've talked about it enough that we all know that we're like <laughs> huge fans. But just say La Haba and we'll all start exactly. crying. <laughs> but I mean, that's my whole thing is like, you know, you're going to have people who are naturally more talented than others and some that are going to have to just take some time and, you know, we are in an era of people who you can self-publish, you know, like I can mm-hmm. write a book and put it out on Amazon <laughs> and now it's on yeah, Kindle. Single. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. it is no small thing to write a book. I don't no. care if it's a bad book. Like That's a why we book, always a give book. everybody the, the benefit of the doubt for writing. Right. Yeah. That is you deserve all the credit in the world, honestly, for putting out that book, seeing it to completion, seeing it to get out to the world, to people. That is it puts you into like such a small category of people. Yeah. That kudos to you. Honestly. Exactly. It's like running like, a marathon. <laughs> I think the way book talk can help all of us is by being honest about their reactions. I think yeah. a lot of people do jump on the bandwagon. Mm-hmm. And I wonder sometimes whether people have read all of the books that they talk about. Like, I really do. And I know that sounds crazy, but I'm like, no, I think you're right, Tanya. I, think I don't understand right. where you're coming from. Sometimes I see reviews on TikTok and stuff where I'm like, I do not understand how you're saying these words. Or somebody has bullied them into giving reviews because they want, you should be supporting this, you should be supporting that, exactly. telling us what we all should be doing. And right. so they, therefore, because they have a following on TikTok, they feel pressured to have to give a positive Diversify yeah. their yeah. reading portfolio and then report favorably on yeah. that book. Right. Yeah. And I'm sure some of that plays into like, well, I don't want to lose followers. I don't want to obviously make have people make assumptions about me based on this one book. Right. But I'm like, and Lizzie and I have talked about this off air. Like, I don't again, I'm not as avid of a reader as either of anybody on this podcast, but I don't go and look up authors when I read a book. Like, if a book comes across that's recommended to me, usually by you guys, I'm like, okay, I trust it. I'm going to read it, right? I don't go research the author and see, like, are they LGBTQ+, are they, you know, a different ethnicity to me? Like, I don't look up any of that. I'm just like, is this book good? Great. Like, if it's a great story, right. I'm going to be like, that was a fucking amazing story, and I love this book so much. What else can I read by this person? Because that story was so good, I want to check it out, you know? Right. And there's different things, right, that make different authors strong. Like some people are super amazing at that world building. Right. And honestly, like even if their writing isn't like the best writing you've ever read in the world, their world building and their story arc is so good that it doesn't matter. Exactly. Like truly it carries you. And other people are so good at like character development that the story arc doesn't matter as much. Really. Mm-hmm. Like you're right. in it for the people. Yeah. And for other people, the smut scenes are so good that it shouldn't matter. And that's fine. But I wish that people on Book Talk would just be more honest about what part of this book was stellar mm-hmm. and what part didn't hit, you know, like, because they talk about them, like they're all the end all and be all. And they're exactly. not. But I wonder also, like, as you pointed out, you wonder if all these books are being read. And to me, I mean, I know people who are listening to audiobooks at two speed. So to me, it's not so much, well, you're reading it, 
but how much are you like absorbing and taking in and processing? And wow, that is fast. Like, cause I listen to yeah. zoom. I listen to like, <laughs> if there's a zoom call, I have to watch like that's recorded live. And then it's like, here's the link. You can watch it, you know, like for different subscriptions. Yeah. I watch those zoom calls at two speed. I'm like, I don't have an hour to waste. Like, give me this in 30 yeah. minutes. But yeah, but I still, I'm like, cause then I could, I can pay attention enough just to get the takeaways, but there is no way that I'm remembering what the hell really happened on that call. (laughs) Yes. And then to me, I'm like, it's going so fast that like, are are you enjoying it? Right. Or, you know, but like how Tanya, you just broke it down into, you know, some people are really good at writing smut. Some people are really good at character arcs. Some people are really good at this. I think that also plays into this whole notion of being a mood reader. Sometimes Mm -hmm. you you're like, I don't give a shit yes. about the world. Give me a dark, morally gray, yeah, great, smutty scenes in 100 pages or less. And it's it's perfect for what it is. But yeah, you then don't go on book talk and be like, this is a masterpiece. I exactly. think right. should read this. And it's like, no. Actually, if, you if want people to smut, reviews like that, like a mood ring, I probably would read more. Yeah. What are you in the mood for? Are you in the mood for just just smut, one-handed reading? Here you go. Do you really want to see characters develop? Right. This is a great recommendation. Do you are you here for the world building and the plot? Here you go. Like because not for nothing, but like this is why I pick up like Nora Roberts when I go to like thrift stores. Agree. Because like I enjoy her books. Like I like her formula. I like the peaceful calm of it all. I like you know, the very like, you know what you're getting smutty scenes. Like, yeah, yes. like I'm reading that for a particular purpose and mood. And like, it truly is like a comfort read to me. Mm-hmm. And I know that whatever she writes will fit in that category. Mm-hmm. And I think she's wonderful at it. You know, like different mm-hmm. books can serve different purposes. Like my favorite author is Dostoevsky. Like, am I reading Dostoevsky <laughs> on the regular? No, no. <laughs> because yeah. like, it's a slog. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, right. It doesn't no, matter. Yeah. Like, but that doesn't make him less my favorite. It's just, I think it's, we do this weird thing in book talk where people act like this whole genre is like one thing mm-hmm. and it's not, not like, it's, yeah. it's just not, you know, I would agree. And I think, as you said, it feels like this has really blown up over the past couple of years. And, um, in the same conversation that Amy and I were having off air, you know, it's, it's people now Anytime you're reading fantasy, it's like, oh, this is a Sarah J. Moss knockoff. This is the Sarah J. Moss. And it's like, she did not invent the Fae. Correct. Okay. She's not the first one. My sister, as everyone who's been listening knows, was watching Gargoyles. She straight up calls me. He's like, oh, my God. I think Sarah J. Moss ripped off Gargoyles. The cauldron (laughs) is here. And she tells me play by play what's happening and i'm like oh shit this is hybrid in the cauldron right now and this was in the early 90s and so i'm like okay literally we go we calculate what age she would have been and i'm like this is totally plausible she could have been inspired by the show gargoyles and then let that you know affect her story and it's it's mind-boggling that other authors that I've spoken to are like, I can no longer write this because I will automatically be held up like, well, you're just ripping off Sarah J. Moss. And I'm like, y'all, again, 
this Everyone is nothing is, new. Imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. Like it truly is. So many things in books have been done. Like it's fine. You're right. still writing a different yes because there's a cauldron. I mean, I mean, a cauldron exists because a cauldron exists. You can go to Hobby Lobby and get a cauldron and buy one, right? Yeah, like it's not because of Sarah J. Moss. It's because cauldrons are a thing, right? And, Witches like, have existed for many of year. <laughs> It's in Smurfs. Like it like right. a, I mean, Cauldron's a big deal in there too. Like, you know, like Exactly. I mean, I think that it's fine. You can take totally take the ideas. Okay, so well I'll say, like, after so I finished fourth wing, right? Mm-hmm. Last week or whatever. And like for me, I'm a huge Anne McCaffrey fan. Like I read all of Anne McCaffrey, like literally her entire like all of the books. Published every work. single one. Yeah. Because I was so into dragons as, like, a teenager. Like, Mm -hmm. I read all of Dragon Riders of Pern. I read all of the ones about the little dragons. I read all of the, like, books about the singers and the bards and everything. Like, literally every single facet of her world, I read those books. And to me, like, that's the essence of, like, dragon stuff. And it's very hard to see new things come out of that because she literally talked about everything that could possibly happen with dragons. Like fighting on dragons, saddles on dragons, not saddles on dragons, like things falling out of the sky that dragons had to fight, like other things that were kind of like dragons, you know, telepathy with dragons. She did all of it. So I don't take away from the author of like Fourth Wing for that because I'm like, whatever, you're writing a whole different book about dragons who can do. Yeah, and she could have read things. all of those books and, and been, been inspired. inspired. And like, I exactly. want to write and that's about dragons. Totally fine. But what I wish book talk would talk about more is that kind of stuff, though. Right. Not that anybody was inspired by it, but that, like, this reminded them of, yeah. like, that, you know, series. Or but whatever. I don't think a think lot it's... of people have read those books, though, Tanya. Like, that people are in the book talk community that are specifically reading these smut books don't have yeah. this history of being a voracious reader, period. Like, I think the yeah. smut made them into a voracious reader because you see all the funny memes and TikToks about how like basically to, to some extent, like that's what happened, right? Since the pandemic, now they read all the time and it's just smut, 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 which is fine. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think you're right. It would be nice to see some comparisons because even like Anne Rice, you know, and I'm like, She's been right, you know, she wrote it forever ago, like, you know, the 70s, the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, you know, way before, you know, we had all the vampires. And I mean, yeah, I'm just like, all of those books probably were inspired, you know, by some of the Anne Rice work. And, you know, again, or even the, the whole idea of after. retellings, right, or reimaginings. Right. Mm-hmm. Anne Rice was doing that. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, or even that Anita Blake series that I keep telling yep. you guys about with all the wear people. Yes. You know, yeah. they had like wear leopards and wear wolves and wear everything with vampires and right. like gangs and like in contemporary space. Like, I think there's a lot of fantasy that wasn't necessarily smut that yes. is missed. Yes. You know? And I think there the is. authors perhaps have not missed it. But right. the readers have. They have. And they so have completely skipped the genre. Yes. They have skipped right. the whole genre because they only got introduced to fantasy by reading smuts, whatever mm-hmm. it's called, romanticy or whatever. Right. But I mean, how many times have we said that a series that we liked would be better if there was smut? Like some level of smut. So I think in some ways, like if you started with 
Anita Blake series. And then you're like, you know what? Let's take this. Oh, but that had a lot of smut. Just just FYI. Sprinkle. Okay. So, but, you know, something along those lines, like, you know, a common frustration with Shadow and Bone is that there's not. Or, you know, even some people have said right. Hunger That's Games. That's also why so you kind of see. <laughs> exactly. But I think so, like, you know, and it, and so it is also, I think, an age thing. Because some of these people, like, what, you know, I remember thinking, like, oh, you know, my sister grew up on Harry Potter. And then there's all the Harry Potter smut. fanfic like with smut. Mm-hmm. Right. And even, like, Brandon Sanderson, right? Like, People probably would love to see a Brandon Sanderson novel that is smut. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. So, but you know, younger people growing up on the Hunger Games, you know, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Like it's yeah, that was like their foundation. So then, when they find maybe like Serpent's Wing, they're like, oh, this is Hunger Games, but better because there's mm-hmm. minimal smut. At well, least I think romance entered YA in a much bigger sense mm-hmm. in this past generation. Like, than when we mm-hmm. were kids. Oh, absolutely. Because I was always sneaking books out of the grown-up section. You know, like, because YA didn't have that, truly. Like, it was yeah. very... But YA very was, much. like, was was Judy Bloom, like, And Judy Bloom yeah. was, like, controversial. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, like, for now, crazy. for I, I see the transition more in that way. Mm-hmm. But I do think there's so many classics out there that... Because I consider, like, Anne McCaffrey a classic. Like, she is... Like, the first person who wrote, like, such a huge world based on dragons. Like, 100%, you know? Right. Where, like, it was based around a relationship that people had with dragons. And I think that if people aren't availing themselves of these classics, they're doing themselves a disservice. Because I don't think that people who read smut are only reading books for smut. Like, I think the smut is fun. But I think people who became, like, voracious readers are becoming voracious readers because they like reading like they like the stories because if you only wanted smut you could literally just skip to the smut parts you know like you could mm-hmm. live on kindle unlimited like you wouldn't and need some to people ever do some people do yeah and there's nothing honestly there's nothing wrong with that like no by the way for those of you who want that you should definitely check out literatica but like if you if you actually love the story then you should you're doing yourself a disservice if you don't go back to the classics, you know, of like fantasy and sci-fi mm-hmm. and all these things, depending yeah. on what you like, because those stories are truly incredible. Like, and they are the foundational stories that all these authors are building off of. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know? I agree completely. Because it'll give you a better foundation though. It really will. Like when I read fourth wing, well, especially if you're reviewing books, yeah. you know, like it's right. one thing just to be right. a reader, but if you have, Exactly. A book reviewing account on the interwebs, you should at least be reading something to have comparison to. Like, yeah. Yeah, you and are when doing people a give book reviews without ever comparing it to anything else. Yeah. To me, that's a little disingenuous. Like, it should remind you of something. Mm-hmm. 100% it should. And you should be able to say that it does. Right. Like, there's no book I've ever read that doesn't remind me of something else. You right. Because you have a vast library of books that you've read. Straight up. Yeah. What were you going to say, Lizzie? I don't remember. (laughs) Because that was literally 30 seconds ago. So (laughs) I don't know what you want me to do with that. That's okay. Obviously, it wasn't that important. I'm just listening to everything that y'all are saying and thinking about it and thinking and reflecting back, like, the things that I read 
and how that affects my reading now. Because I wasn't a voracious reader when I was younger. I wasn't. I was busy. Because you had friends. Huh? Because you had friends. Because you had friends. I I did. I was. But I was. I was just a nerd. So like literally on Friday nights, I would be at Barnes & Noble. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We didn't even have Barnes & Noble when I was. Like I. Borders is the first like really big bookstore I remember. And Listen, that wasn't until I think I was in middle school. High school parties. I went to like two. And I remember the second one. I was like, this must be what hell's like. Screw this. And like, <laughs> I was like, I'm, I'm so much. I'm down for just being at a bookstore that's quiet and playing classical music. And I can get a coffee and like sit and read. And that's like heaven. It was. This is like the contrast. Yeah. It was. Yeah. Such a nerd. I mean, I had fourth and fifth grade where no one talked to me ever. So Aww. I would literally grab a book on the way, like as we lined up to lunch. And so I read every single book in that classroom. You know, what's like, terrible is like in third, third grade is when I think 90210 Melrose Place came out. I, I was watching those <laughs> shows at that time. Yeah. I watched a lot more television when I was younger. I, I was more like Amy. television, but I still love that way. I was sneaking 90210. I was not allowed to watch it. <laughs> Yeah, my parents. It was like with my hand on the remote, you know, like ready mm-hmm. to change channel if anyone change walked the in. channel. Yeah. I don't know that my parents knew that I was watching it, but yeah, I was here for all of that Melrose Place and none of Oh, my parents drama. totally knew. Yeah. I may have even watched it. I don't it, think like, my parents my cared, honestly, but I don't think they knew what was really going on. <laughs> oh, my parents specifically told me I was not allowed to watch that show. Yeah. I was like, I was the baby in like every episode. <laughs> I kind of, you know. They I were wish just we'd have done. Been neighbors. They were just done like, by Tanya, the time come I came over to my house. <laughs> I know. I didn't have any good like, neighbors. I have your favorite sour snacks, and we'll and I was meeting boys happens. off the internet on AOL long before that was yeah. a cool thing. I and it was a it was a boy <laughs> who read. Okay, on AOL. Don't even know. Don't ask me how we met on AOL. But he was so romantic, and we both loved Shakespeare, and like we met at Barnes and Noble. And he gave me—I still have it. I still sonnet that he gave me, and I'm like, (gasps) I will treasure Brandon's little sonnet. See, here I am, like Amy. Why would you ever do that? That was so dangerous and irresponsible of you. But why? I love it. I love it. I would be a terrible friend. I'd be like, oh my god, tell me everything that happened. Oh my god, (laughs) I would be like, I'm going with you. And if he fucks around, then I will just. I told no one until after the fact. So I literally could have gotten murdered. Oh, my gosh. Uh, But now you have a book of sonnets. so It's all fine. I do. And it's fine. Yes. Little kids, if you're listening, don't do that. Little kids. you (laughs) But also, (laughs) maybe this isn't the podcast for you. Exactly. Just saying. We're going to tell your mom. (laughs) We know her. (laughs) Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She's probably in our friend group. This is how you're listening <laughs> on her phone. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, I don't know how much we actually talked about DNFing a book, but that's okay. We got the premise out there. And I just find it interesting because some people are very, oh, I I finish any book that I read, which is fine. And then a lot of people who are 30 and over, we're like, I don't have time for that shit. If I am not into it, I I just, 
stop. Or, you know, some people had said that they're just not in the mood for it and they'll come back around. And then, you know, so then it doesn't really count or, you know, but it's just, it's interesting that to me, the amount of pressure we put on ourselves or allow other people to put on us for not finishing a damn book. Like at the end of the day, just read what you want. Yeah. Just read what you want. Right. Pick up a book. If it's great, great. If it's not, stop reading it. (laughs) Yes. So just to wrap everything up. Like, if you don't like a book that you're reading, you are under no obligation to finish it. No one will know whether you finish it or don't finish it unless you choose to share. And if it's a waste of your time, it's a waste of your time. And there's a million books out there that might Period. be better for you. Period. So there's there's no, like, you know, axe hanging over you that says that you have to right. finish Take this the pressure book. off. Yeah. There's enough. Yeah. And even world. if everyone else in the world is reading that book. For real. Exactly. Pressure. And if you don't share the same opinion, that's fine too. That just makes you like a unique reader with a unique perspective. And that's fine. That's great, actually. Yeah. All right. right. Until next week, ladies. See you then. It was fun, you guys. Bye. Attention, all the good girls and good boys. We at Tongue in Cheek hope you've enjoyed your listening experience. If you have been fully satisfied, please consider leaving us a review. Join Emily and I next week with a special guest who is new to smut, but not new to smutty men.